Hey guys, it's the Lone Wolf here, and I'm back with another episode on the Lone Wolf Podcast. Um, so, going back to last week's episode, um, I, w- I said I was going to talk about Kamen Rider, Super Sentai, Power Rangers, all that big ordeal. Um, and then I realized Doctor Strange happened a couple hours ago. Um, so, uh, it's gonna be a mixed bag of topics today, but we're here for the random and chaos, I hope. I don't know, sometimes I have no idea where this podcast is going, but, uh, regardless, I hope you stick along for the ride. Um, so, my history with Super Sentai, Power Rangers, and Kamen Rider, um, guess piggybacking off from last week, they were my superheroes. Um, you know, like, okay, as a kid, I didn't really care about their race at all, because I'm like, ooh, fighting, action, character development, female power, stuff like that. I never really cared too much of the race of Super Sentai and Kamen Rider. That was, like, literally the back of my mind. It it was literally the last thing I was ever thinking of, because... They do it in a way where, yeah, I know you cater it to kids, but it works for all ages. And, like, these shows are, I don't want to say evergreen, because there are some things that I'm just like, why would you do this? And some of them I'm just like, okay, cool. Um, But, like, you can watch them at any point at any time, and then you still feel like it's okay to watch the shows. Um... I mean, with Super Sentai, I first, you know, kind of really discovered it with, um, I was at my cousin's house, right? Um, and I'm like, ooh, what is this? And I'm like, I'm gonna watch it. And then I end up, like, watching, I think, the first, the last episode, the last five episodes of Toksu Sentai, um, Dekarenja, which... The English counterpart is Power Rangers SPD. Okay. And so, yeah, I was, like, completely thrown out of context of why this is happening. Um, But at the same time, though, I'm like, cool. It's an entertaining show. And I think with Japanese programming, um, unless it's, like, coming from a manga or, you know a light novel or something like that and they decide to do a live action adaptation of it or any adaptation of it to to begin with um there's gonna be a plot there's always gonna be an overarching plot and you know they're gonna meet the end in some form or another um most of the time but when it comes to like shonen um type shows if you will um one show i can think off the top of my head is Yu-Gi-Oh, specifically Yu-Gi-Oh sevens um you know those types of shows where they're airing like every single week on tv tokyo for who knows how long um you know those types of shows um can feel like you don't have to know the full full story of watching you know, the episode that is currently airing on TV Tokyo, it would be nice to know, but you don't necessarily have to know about it. And I think, you know, shows like, again, Yu-Gi-Oh, to an extent, Boruto, 
um, Super Sentai, Kamen Rider. Um, you know, you don't need to watch everything to get the the main plot. You can literally just watch one episode and you'll be you'll be fine. Um, I know Precure, which is just the girl anime version of Super Sentai. They follow that formula because of Toei, a, a company that is in Japan and is uh, very, very uh, successful as of the moment. So um, there's just that to consider. But yeah, and those shows, like, I like them um, because, like, I don't have to worry about whether or not I'm caught up with anything. And I could, I could just literally watch an episode and I'll be fine. Um like, yeah, it's nice to know the synopsis of it, but you can kind of figure out the synopsis and all that. I mean, 2021 has just been the anniversary year for Toei uh, with uh, Kamen Rider Regivice, I think. It's, it's like, not... No, wait. No, actually, never mind. Kamen Rider Zio was their 50th anniversary special I think or is it Reggie Vice I don't know wait ah my toku knowledge has just gone off the window I think Reggie Vice is number 50 I think I could be wrong I really could be wrong take everything I say with a grain of salt and Super Sentai as it's just a Japanese version of Power Rangers um it uh it's the 54th anniversary yeah and I'm like there's a lot of things being celebrated this year. And I think why Kamen Rider series, which if you don't know, I should have explained it earlier, but I love rambling, so what can I do? Um, it's a franchise that, even though it's the same genre as Super Sentai slash Power Rangers, it's not really. It normally has one protagonist instead of six. And, like, yeah, yeah, like, allies, but... You know, they can kind of create tension within the main protagonist. And at the end of the day, it's all about the main protagonist's journey. Not, uh, you know, the whole squad, to say. I don't know. Kamen Rider is just different. Um, because it's more darker than Super Sentai. And I think that's why I like Kamen Rider now and then Super Sentai. Because, you, you know, with Super Sentai... Which is again the Japanese version of Power Rangers. Um, it it's becoming lighter in a sense where like oh like oh you can literally tell the kids are going to be watching it. I mean as they should be, right? At the end of the day, they're all for kids. I don't know why I'm watching it. I just find it very entertaining, and I am. I really need to buy merch sooner or later, but the point is it's um. It's just different, and then my tastes are different, and I kind of want a somewhat of a mature story than the whole monster of the week sort of thing. I'm, I used to be a fan of that, but then it just kind of got redundant and a little bit boring. Now, I'm not saying you have to hate it because I hate it. I'm hating it. I'm just like, you can like whatever you want as long as it doesn't hurt anybody. That's fine. If you like Super Sentai go for it. If you like Kamen Rider, go for it. But I just personally like Kamen Rider because of its more serious tones, although we're getting dinosaurs for Regivice. Regivice? So I don't know. 
I don't know. Don't don't blow it out of proportion, Toei, and don't make it all, you know, like I I don't want to be reminded of Super Sentai every time I would wa- would watch an episode of Reggie Vice. Please, 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 don't 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 make it uh Super Sentai like because like I don't know why Super Sentai just has a habit of using dinosaurs. Like they need to have a dinosaur themed Super Sentai per decade. Otherwise it's not Super Sentai. <laughs> what the heck? Um so yeah, but let's just say I'm like I'm aware of the Toku Satsu sort of thing and I um I just like Kamen Rider. And I'm and if you tell me to buy Super Sentai merch, I will buy it. Because I will gladly support Toei in supporting the franchises that they have created. Um, because Super Sentai, for me, it was... It's pure nostalgia. Um, and, like, you know, I grew up with it. And I never really um, found out about Power Rangers until, like, uh, Samurai came out. But even then, I was just like, what the heck is this? And I'm like, cool. And then Megaforce was a thing. And, um... I didn't care. I just noticed the fact that there were way too many similarities between Power Rangers and the um the uh, the, the Super Sentai. So like I'm like, oh, this storyline is similar to that storyline in the original, because apparently it takes two years to adapt whatever Super Sentai it is that year, and I don't know where Hasbro is going with it. I don't know anymore. Um. I try to be up to date with Power Rangers, but I kind of gave up after Beast Morphers, like I did. Because, like, first of all, Nickelodeon just kind of ruined it because, like, the just the inconsistent airings and all that. And, like, oh, like, eight episodes and then eight more episodes. Like, we had to wait... What, what was it, like, six months for new episodes to come out? And I'm just like, I don't got time. You know, the people over in Japan, they were able to consistently bring out episodes every single week. I'm not sure if that's concerning, but they were able to bring out new episodes every single week. Um, I'm pretty sure um, Toei in Japan is probably overworking their people, which, in case you shouldn't, but... um. Yeah, I'm like, with Tokusatsu, I mean, yeah, I haven't watched Ultraman yet, which is another show, because it, it just looks weird, yo. I don't, I don't even know the premise of it, and I'm like, I'm already dealing with Kamen Rider, which is somewhat of a serious type of show sort of thing, and Super Sentai, I, I don't want to say I've graduated from it, but I don't keep um, tabs of it when I used to when I was like like four three four years ago so I mean yeah tastes have changed but that's just part of life and I um I don't I just like a more serious story instead of you know monster of the week sort of thing and you know sometimes when I watch Super Sentai it does feel like it's kind of going out of nowhere or it just feels like you know it kind of happened all 
of the sudden and as much as I would love to catch up on the movies I don't feel like it because I know my brain is gonna rot from the amount of tokusatsu I've been seeing and all that but I know enough behind the scenes to where I can say oh blah 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 is blah 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 or um you know I guess I'm just aware of everything and yeah I do follow tokusatsu on twitter um the tokusatsu network because it's my only source of tokusatsu news ever um and I think why I like Super Sentai and Kamen Rider, if I had to rank the the amount of adaptations, I mean Ultraman, I haven't seen it yet, and I don't think I'm going to for a really, really long time until I get my BS together, but I prefer Kamen Rider, then if I'm really, really bored, I'll watch Super Sentai, and if, I, if I'm like... Like nothing else better to do maybe power rangers i don't know with power rangers it just feels like it's going nowhere um it's like yeah yeah because it's in plot and everything and they're trying to make it all serious and all that and then you know where you live in america so diversity matters and i'm like bro i'm sorry but sometimes i'm tired of you know, like, diversity for diversity's sake, and, like, it, it's just there to move, like, it doesn't do anything to the plot, it, it's just there, I don't know, like, I feel like with diversity, unless you're telling a story about, a, like, a specific race or a specific culture and all that, it's not gonna go anywhere, and if you can, like, imagine someone else doing the role, you know, then you can tell, like, it's not really doing a good job. I don't know. My thoughts on diversity, I could care less. I could literally care less of who's on screen, who's not on screen. Whatever. Well, well, make me mad sometimes. Maybe. But then at the same time, I'm just like, I gave up on Hollywood this year. I did. Um, it's just like, you're like, you have to like cater to so many fans and like, if fans get upset, then that means you're not doing it successfully and all that. And I am just like, bro. And like, that's like kind of the number one reason why I'm not really mentally prepared to see Shang-Chi or whatever you say his name now. I never cared for it. I, I, I mean, yeah, Asian representation is a good thing. Don't get me wrong, especially for me. But I kind of had my daily dose of Asian representation when I was watching Super Sentai, Kamen Rider, all that stuff. And I never really cared about, you know, diversity politics or whatever because I didn't care. Um, I was just like in my own little world being a nerd, liking the stuff that I like, having to tell my mom that, hey, I like this stuff, please leave me alone. Um, but yeah, I guess, sure, let's, let's go to Shang-Chi now. Um... I'm not ready for it because I feel like you're gonna cater we all know, let's just face it, they're catering to China. So in a way, you're still making it a little bit inclusive because like you know, like an anchor decided to cut me off for no apparent reason. Okay. Um my point was, you know, like I said it before, they're catering to China literally the Chinese government and all that so it it does not really feel 
diverse it kind of doesn't especially like apparently the, the like everybody is chinese in some form of another so in a way it feels like oh you're catering to the chinese fans instead of the asian american fans and yeah you can kind of argue with the fact that oh but they were they weren't written this movie wasn't written by a chinese person it was written by a japanese person of descent or something along the lines of that and yeah i did some of my research on this movie funny enough um but it still doesn't change the fact though that there it's chinese audiences everywhere it's it, it not a chinese audience it's a chinese cast everywhere no matter where you look like they're chinese and i'm like i don't know how to feel about it because I'm not sure if people know this, I'm half Vietnamese, or I tell myself that I'm half Vietnamese because I don't know what my parents tell me anymore, because, what's it called, um, because, like, I keep hearing, like, oh, like, my grandparents were born in China, but they decided to move to Vietnam, and then on my mom's side, like, oh, like, her parents, my grandmother's parents were from China, but then they moved to Vietnam, and then my mom's dad was born in China or or Vietnam or something like that. I don't know. So it's confusing. But my parents are from Vietnam, but they have Chinese background, which is weird. And, um, and they speak Vietnamese around me. No matter where I go in my house, I'm always hearing a Vietnamese conversation. The only time I would hear a Chinese sort of conversation is if it was, if it, 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 if it was with my aunt, who um, prefers to speak Chinese and not Vietnamese, <sighs> sure. So, yeah, I call myself half Vietnamese, half Chinese, just to make it easier for me. I don't feel like explaining my family tree even more. And sometimes I don't even know if my family is even lying to me. So I'm taking everything I say with a grain of salt. Uh, but yeah, it just feels like you're, like Marvel is literally catering to China and like everybody that I've seen in the cast is Chinese and you call this Asian representation even though all of your cast is Chinese and do not give me the argument of saying like oh but isn't like China all of Asia you'll be wrong um we have people lots of different people we have people from singapore malaysia indonesia japan vietnam laos cambodia thailand even lots of other countries heck you can even call russia asia because it just happens to be in that central mindset russia is its own thing i don't i think russia should be its own continent because let's just face it the amount of politics concerning russia i don't know how it's still part of asia okay okay i'm just gonna get that off the bat i'm tired of politics so you call this asian representation but you have like literally no even diversity in um you know, in this movie, like, you didn't, you didn't bother putting in an Indian person in, a Pakistani person in. You could counter it out, you could counter argue me with the fact that, oh, you have Miss Marvel. But it, it is advertised as an Asian led movie. So, since my brain decides to go into news and politics and then, you know, 
making my own assumptions and then you know try to look at things with the bigger picture and like literally taking more than what I need to I'm at a point now where I'm like you call this an Asian-led movie but everybody in the cast is Chinese now you might kind of react with the fact that oh but like like you know like Asians look like each other it really doesn't matter it kind of does matter because like if you're going to cater to Chinese audience you're going to put more Chinese influences and everything and Chinese this Chinese that you're basically making a an Americanized Chinese Marvel movie which I don't know how to feel about it because like you know like when you think of Vietnam, you think of the Vietnam, you think of the Vietnam War, you think of the Vietnam Civil War, and all that. I think of my parents had to leave Vietnam because of just how bad everything was and all that. So, um, it it was just a lot, and like you know, like even though the cultures are somehow similar, it, at the same time it's not similar. Korean culture is not. It's its own thing. Japanese culture is its own thing. That's why we have anime. Vietnamese culture is the whole thing. Chinese culture as a whole is another thing. But when you have, like, Chinese influences and you're calling yourself an Asian-led movie, I don't buy it because there's, like, a lot of Chinese references and all that. And I'm not saying I don't get them because, let's just face it, my Chinese is bad because my parents were like we are not going to teach our kids mandarin because we think that this ancient language dialect is more important than mandarin peachy on top of that um they wanted me and my sister to speak vietnamese but we got an english speaking asian here so parents you have kind of failed me in terms of language department and then you know anxiety just loves to creep up out of nowhere Woo! but yeah when i think of asian i think of really really broad i don't think of china at all i know right um because there's so much more out there than you know just chinese you know you got japanese culture like you know Japanese culture and maybe not the ones that are depicted in anime you got Korean culture again Vietnamese culture like I grew up celebrating that um I you know I had to speak Vietnamese to get Lisi and all that and I had to go to Vietnamese class because my parents thought it was a good idea so there are more cultures out there and you had to pick Chinese because you think that Chinese culture is more, you know, acceptable to everything and, you know, to China. But when you say Asian-led, I'm thinking about diversity in your Asian cast because, again, there's so much culture it is to Asia and you're picking Chinese, China out of all the other countries you could have used, you would decide to pick China. My brain just is so confused right now. Because I'm like, what the heck is going on? Like, everybody in the cast of Shang-Chi, I respect them. And I guess I'll wait until the movie comes out. But they're Chinese. 
it's not Asian, but you're specific to Chinese. My brain doesn't understand that because it's all about diversity and you know you're trying to like bring out Asian representation. How are you gonna do that if all your cast is just one ethnicity, which is Chinese? Tell me, Marvel. Tell me, Disney. What do I not understand about everything? I don't. I really don't anymore. Because, like... Like, yeah, it would be nice to have a Vietnamese superhero. It would be nice to have a Japanese superhero. Heck, I would be happy if I see a Thailand superhero out there. Just for people who live in Thai and, you know, want to see specifically themselves on screen. It 2021 has just gotten to the point where everything is just so political and everything everybody is just so upset about everything and I'm like great. So that just makes our wants even more desirable and yeah, you could just say just accept it, move on. You know, at least you have Asians in your movie. But you know, we're at a point now where we need more to satisfy our human ego. And I'm like, yeah, this is a prime example of it because I want more Vietnamese heroes in Marvel, but they're not going to give me that. So, woo. <laughs> and yeah, I'm half Chinese, but I'm like, I've seen, there's like a lot of Chinese media out there to consume already. Um, nothing more to say about that. But yeah, I just personally want a literally, a, like a legit diverse cast of Asians get every single race culture involved and maybe stick it to like one or two Chinese people and then the rest can be whatever they want now I get it because Asia is so big and so broad you know it's really really hard to fit everybody in and sometimes you can like see that maybe this culture doesn't fit Asian culture at all and that's just treated it its own separate thing one example that I can think of is Never Have I Ever on Netflix, uh, where the whole cast is Indian, um, which I, I do respect it. I do respect it. The premise of it, I find it a little bit weird and awkward, and because it's a teen show, and I'm not a, I'm not a fan of those, per se, um, it just makes me weirded out, and I'm like, yeah, I don't feel like watching it, but that's because I, I don't like the teen premise. The cast is great. They're great at acting. Um, it really demonstrates, you know, the Indian culture. Um, you know, from, like, the language to traditions, the wardrobe even. And I'm like, I applaud them for that. Do I like the plot? Eh. I can literally care less about it. But, yeah. And I'm just like, you want to, like, broaden Asian representation. But you have so many different cultures that you just cannot do that. Um, so that's just my take on it. I am just, I don't know. I I legit don't know what's going to happen to Shang-Chi anymore. I am going to go see it in theaters because I'm like, if, there's, if, if I'm going to go back to a theater, I'm going to see this movie in theaters and hopefully I don't cry and cringe embarrassment because everything is just so Chinese- centric and yeah there are like asian tropes stereotypes maybe i don't know about like you know what asians had to like go through with you know the whole disappointment card being at your neck every single hour of your life um 
you know, like, you have to be the model, like, you have to be perfect and everything, and that's going to be an issue that I know it's going to tackle, because it's an Asian-esque movie, if you will, where, like, um, like, you know, you have to, like, um, where you have to, like, you know, you have to face parents' disappointment and all that, especially if, like, I guess an Asian male, I don't know. I I can't speak for all the Asians out there. I can only speak for me. So maybe I can relate to Shang-Chi. Maybe not. I know for a fact that the pronunciations are going to be an issue because of the amount of times Shang-Chi has to correct people of how to say his name and all that. And I'm like, I get that some people have that problem. Not me. Um, I have a quote-unquote white name, if you will. I don't know why my parents call me Tammy, but okay. And because I'm named Tammy in 2016, people asked me, have you seen the movie that is named after you yet? And I'm like, I saw the premise of it. And I'm like, no. Um, It just makes me feel weird. So, so no. I mean, yeah. Um, I mean, no disrespect to Melissa McCartney. I'm pretty sure she did a good job, but... You know, it it was like, what, 2016, 15 even? It was a long time ago. And technically, I wasn't even allowed to see that movie. So I'm just like, no. But my point is like, yeah, names, pronunciations are going to be brought up because people didn't want to bother ch- having an English name. I know my mom did, uh... Her, she picked Nancy out of all names. Cool. My uncle, who lives in Hawaii right now, he goes by Steve and not his actual name. I don't even know what his actual name is. I, I just never bothered, but, you know, in letters that uh, I get because I don't know why my, my, my extended family just loves coming to my house specifically and getting their stuff here I don't know I'm like I'm like don't you already have a house and um you know a mailbox why do you have to why do you still come here to get your mail the things I question every day on a daily basis and I'm not and I'm not hating on my extended family for that I just found it funny and a little bit weird because like you have your own lives but you want to come back here I never really uh, questioned it to my extended family, prefer because you know social anxiety, and I was scared if they might hate me and all that. And I'm like, I just keep asking my mom, like, you know, I'm just like, like I'm, I was just curious of why my extended family would love to go to my house and um get their mail here. I my family is weird, but I wouldn't change them um at all. Um, they're there is what it is what it is and you know they're family and I have to accept it um but yeah so I was back to um name changing yeah that's gonna that's gonna be a gag running gag running joke I don't know people mispronouncing Shang-Chi's name but you know it's Shang-Chi and people and you will probably get angry over it because you know name pride all up on guts and glory and I'm like okay sure you couldn't not have picked an English name to maybe 
help you or something along the lines of that. I don't know. Again, that's what my family did. Not sure everybody's the same. I just I just know what my family knows, okay? Okay. Um I burped. But yeah, it it's just I feel like they're gonna cater to Chinese audiences. Which that's what they have been doing for the past five years or so. Um Disney has totally gone off the rails. Um there's a woke culture and all that and I'm just tired of it. It's literally gonna center to Chinese people and not necessarily to other cultures out there, so woo I I hope there isn't any woke quote unquote woke culture in this movie, but I wouldn't be surprised if there was. I don't know. Well well I'll find out uh when I watch the movie this weekend and uh hopefully and I do mean hopefully. Hopefully, it comes out way better than I thought it was going to be. That's all. So, Doctor Strange, episode 4 of What If. What if Doctor Strange lost his heart instead of his hands? I personally thought that we were going to get this episode much later down the line. So, like, you know, a month from now and I never thought we would get it in episode four and first of all I was just really really excited the I mean I'm excited for all these like Marvel Disney plus shows now because I have a reason to stay up till midnight so if my thoughts sound a little bit forgetful or cloudy or whatever the case may be it's because my brain decided to watch it around you know midnight on on Wednesday uh and uh Let's just say I didn't get enough sleep um, for this. So, uh, before we start with the whole Doctor Strange What If episode, episode 4, spoilers! Go figure. If you have not seen the episode yet, I highly suggest that you should because I'm just going to be blabbing and um, I I I don't want to put a bunch of disclaimers in the uh, middle of the episode. So, um... You know, spoilers for Doctor Strange episode 4. What if episode 4, if you have not seen it already, or, you know, just go watch a breakdown episode. So it's really easy to find those on YouTube. Um, There's just that to consider. Um, And uh, again, take everything I say with a grain of salt. This is just my opinion and my opinion only people have very different opinions on me so much so that i do not want to post my opinion on twitter uh with that being said uh my spoiler review of episode four from what if because i have nothing else better to talk about and i also felt like the tokusatsu um super sentai power ranger Common writer thing. I figured I was going to do it short anyway, so there was just that to consider. So, episode four of What If I was so scared. <laughs> I was just so scared out of my life because it felt like a horror movie. It did. It genuinely did. I was just scared out of my entire well-being yeah i know what happened in doctor strange you know the 2016 movie and 
it was I, I was just mentally not prepared for anything and I don't think no one was mentally prepared for this episode if you were wow you have a heart you have a brain of steel my dude um so you know there's just that to consider and I'm like yeah we knew I knew the 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 synopsis uh, the 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 blurb of this episode and that it's Christine uh which is um Stephen Strange's love interest in um you know Doctor Strange uh she's the one that uh you know got died in the uh car accident and Stephen you know still alive his hands are okay and all that um so it's really just what if what if dr strange um dealt with grieving and mourning and all that and let's just say he did not take it well it it got into the and gotten to the point where the universe just happened to collapse on itself first of all the animation was really really good in this episode it did it really made me feel scared out of my entire well-being because it was just so dark and then again i didn't know how my brightness up so maybe that's why but it was just so dark and in a way somewhat somehow demonic later down the line but dude this was a sad episode because we already had a death um christine palmer which I'm like, bro, real. I'm just like, I'm sad. I'm just sad. So already I'm feeling sad. And then, you know, the whole Doctor Strange training montage happened around four minutes within the episode. So they wasted no time elaborating on that. I mean, it's what if. So they, they shouldn't. And then, like, you know, it's two years after his... his La la la, I'm mixing up pronouns because I don't know what anybody does with them anymore. And I'm like, don't confuse me with your pronouns. I'm just like, oh, just tell me personally. So that way I don't have to confuse everything. And ugh. It's not like I have, a, I have an issue with pronouns. It's just a lot to remember. And I think I developed my mom's habit of mixing up he and her pronouns because her English is kind of bad, and I'm her daughter, and, um, I tend to confuse things, too, but, like, so it's, it's really when it's not really a big deal or anything, and, um, yeah, I hang out with my mom too much. Anyway, um, Doctor Strange, um, two years, right, after Christine's death, uh, has, you know, since he's so absorbent in knowledge and I guess being the arrogant person that he is, I could not sense any arrogance with with this Doctor Strange because you know he's only caring about Yeah, uh, and on on the surface it does look like he cares about someone else and all that and he did care for someone else and you know in actuality he's he's more about you know, making himself better by seeing Christine because, like, literally without a loved one, yeah, you can feel like your life has no meaning anymore. And I do get that. Um, and even though it was a great, 
it, it does great in storytelling. Does it do well with emotions? No, not really. But Marvel is just all about emotions and memorable quotes, especially from characters who died. Oh, uh, WandaVision really ruined a lot of people, but that's fine. That's fine. So, um, yeah, Doctor Strange uses the Eye of Agamemnon. I know, I'm butchering it. I don't care. AKA the Time Stone and decides to go back in time and tries to save Christine for like four to five times. I tried keeping track of the amount of time loops that happened in this episode, but by midway point, I was just like, I give up. So, um, the point is, over and over again, he tried to save her, tried to go through multiple ways of preventing her death, which, you know, failed because, you know, her dying was, as they quote it, I crashed my closet door, lol. Um, like, it was an absolute point, meaning... And take everything I say with a grain of salt, please. Um, his, her death had, has, and had to happen. If Christine died, uh, the universe wouldn't move forward. Um, and Stephen wouldn't, Stephen wouldn't be Doctor Strange if, if it wasn't for, you know, Christine's death. Um, which I'm like, I get it. But he's still creating time loops and torture for himself, which I, it was just painful to see him going through like so many ways to prevent Christine's death. And I'm just like, you need therapy. Everybody in the MCU, I don't care how OP they are over overpowered. I don't care how weak they are. Every, every Avenger in the dang MCU needs therapy. Okay, it has gotten to the point where I'm just like, everybody needs therapy. I don't care if you're in the multiverse. I don't care if you're in the main timeline. You all need therapy. <laughs> especially Strange, especially in this instance, because he keeps torturing himself over and over again. And then to the point where the ancient one is like, you need to stop because you are going to mess up reality if you keep continuing this time loop over and over and over again and eventually it will be your doom that's putting it mildly but yeah i mean the ancient one does more of a what was it a sophisticated explanation on why steven should not creating time loops for himself but i i have a brain of a simpleton so um yeah so it it just well, it will ruin reality for him if he keeps, you know, time looping over and over and over again. And then it got to the point where uh, the Ancient One decides to split Steven into two, even though it's not explicitly said until much later in the episode. But, um, yeah, so evil Doctor Strange, because that's how people call him now. Um, he decides to find ways to break the absolute point because he does not want to see his loved one dying. Man, 
and he needs therapy. And I'm just like, this is not the healthiest way to control, not control, to mourn your loss by going into time loops over and over and over and over again, like about five times already. So he decides to go to the library of, I forgot the name. I know it starts with the C. I know there are there are better people who can do this better than me. But I'm a fan of this episode, so I'm going to say whatever I want. So he goes to a library that, again, I forgot the name. I know it's not Shitton or something like that. I forget stuff, man. I do. So he goes to an ancient library um, to find ways to break the absolute points. Um, and he did uh, with the guide of a man, which I thought it was Mordu for a minute, but no, his name is Bale. Take everything I say with a grain of salt, please. And um, he goes in and, you know, and like find ways to manipulate time and spends all that time researching and all that. And because of that, you know, he decides to summon the squid monster that we actually see in episode one, funny enough. And it doesn't do a good well of bargaining to the point where, um, then the squid killed Doctor Strange in that multiverse to a point. Maybe, but then, you know, he finds ways to undo it and decides to, uh, take it slow. And by slow, as in start off small, then big, and then, uh, due to advice, um, it's like, like, find a way, something on, he, he comes to the conclusion to, to absorb the power instead of bargaining with it. Um, so yay. So he ends up absorbing a bunch and a bunch and a bunch of monsters, and as you can you can tell that montage, if you will, he starts to become more of a, a monster, vampire, whatever you want to call it. He, he, I'm just like, yo, what is this? What is going on here? And I'm just like, oh no, he's going to torture himself even more. With more power, you know, he ends up turning into a monster. A, a scary monster. A very horror-esque scary monster. One that I wasn't mentally prepared to see at all. Um, yeah, he was able to absorb the squid, the huge squid monster. And, um, and he's like, I have enough power, but I still need the other half because I wouldn't be technically complete. So, um, he manipulates time again and um goes to the universe where the reasonable Stephen Strange is at where um in that timeline where he's like no I'm not gonna go back in time and save Christine I'm just gonna let it you know I'm gonna happen to me I'm gonna mourn I don't care how much time I have to mourn I'm gonna mourn anyway and know that just one life Knowing the fact that it's not worth saving one life where, you know, the whole universe is basically at stake. But evil Doctor Strange, all, like, vampire-esque, like, the, the cape, 
is just so um the the cake is so it just made him look like count dracula i don't know why i end up getting like month like you know like dracula vibes out of doctor strange um so you got evil doctor strange and good doctor strange they're duking it out knowing the fact that the universe is literally covered in ink and destruction and everything is just gonna go away poof um they do they battle it out they're at the same spot where christine died good Stephen strange is trying to reason with evil doctor strange about everything um which successfully he failed a good after a good long battle Stephen the good Stephen strange ends up being defeated by evil doctor strange and yeah he did revive christine in the most it, it looked beautiful don't get me wrong but everything just started to crumble apart after that and like um you know everything is just like christine is turning into ink and then you know he tries to apologize to everything he notices the watcher is there which i find that very interesting and i was a giddy kid when i find out yes someone broke the fourth wall in four episodes i don't know why i'm kind of i'm a i'm a i'm a sucker for breaking the fourth wall i it just makes me feel involved and i like it and i don't care uh i'm a fan of the fourth wall some yeah sometimes it does get overused and all that but when it's done right it's done right and when dr strange you know aware of the watcher and asking him hey can you fix this for me you do have the power to fix it but you know the watcher is like no i can only watch i can't intervene i can't do anything about it as much as i want to i can't and also he knew the stakes he knew what would happen if he helped Doctor Strange, you know, revive evil Doctor Strange, revive Christine. The universe is literally going to crumble. So, you know, the Watcher said no. Um, and yeah, there were like during the training montage of evil Strange when he was trying to absorb all the power, he was aware of the Watcher in a sense where, like, you know, like the Watcher was narrating and Doctor Strange was like, who's there and that part made me a little bit excited because it's like the first time in history where you know the watcher is somehow interacting with the characters you see on screen or in the multiverse and i and i just find that exciting because you know like there has to be more to the watcher than being an observer because i like characters like that i am a sucker for characters like that i don't care what people say to me i like and like whatever i like and what i like is dictated by me and only me no one in the world gets to tell me what i like because i like it i don't care what people have to say i'm gonna like whatever i like and i like the fact that the watcher is actually somehow involved in this multiverse okay okay it was just very it was just so lore opening i don't know i was just excited i was excited that the fact that there is more to the watcher than being an observer i don't care what people say i'm gonna move on now but 
Yeah, like, yeah, the Watcher was warning Strange of what, of what he'd done. Like, if he revives Christine, the world will literally, the universe of Strange's universe will crumble. And then it did crumble because evil Doctor Strange does not know how to take a warning or does not know how to say, does not know how to, like, put himself like, he always puts himself first and not, you know, the entire universe and, and all that. Um, so, yeah, to Evil Strange's downfall, um, you know, his universe end up colliding on itself and we end up seeing a somewhat purple stone. And the Watcher is, says after, if he could have taken the warnings, uh, he could have just, like you know, stopped doing it, this whole world wouldn't be a, well, it wouldn't be a, it wouldn't be a stone, it wouldn't be like a, a, a small speck in, in, in black, and the animation in this episode was just so good, it was just so good, I had a really, really fun time watching this episode, yes, did I get horror, um, did I get horror movie vibes out of this episode? absolutely but i am a huge sucker for doctor strange uh because i said it before i it was my intro to the mcu outside of infinity war which i knew for a fact infinity war i never really got anything um so i'm, I'm like i'm gonna watch a standalone movie because that will help me understand the mcu a little bit better than all the all the uh sequels that marvel has decided to produce in um the uh, years so yeah i watched doctor strange i loved it i loved his character journey even though he's slow like because of, like because of doctor strange 2016 he learns how to um you know learns how to like put himself aside and um making sure that you know everybody else is alive like he knew how to like put himself aside with the with the with episode four what if this evil doctor strange did not know how to put himself aside and did not and you know because of him mourning the loss of christine you know because of love he'll do anything and everything to get her back but you know in exchange the universe decided to crumble on himself now we all know he's gonna come back because of promos and everything so um well i know we'll see evil doctor strange again just like you know we'll see agent car we'll see captain carter again we'll see star t'challa again we We'll see uh, the new Avengers squad. And that happened in episode 3. We'll see Captain America again. We'll, we'll all see these characters that happened in What If again. Because, you know, we need continuity. Because if Marvel fans don't have continuity, um, debate storm on Twitter. Um, but yeah, I loved episode 4. I really did love it. It, it was just... It was just fun to watch in the middle of the night, scared out of my life, knowing the fact that my parents could hear me screaming at 1am, but yeah, I I really did love this episode, and I'm excited for future episodes to come. As my theories on the multiverse 
Um, I'm getting all blind. I mean, I do have a hunch of maybe what would happen, and I can come up with my own theory or two, but it won't be heavily backed up as if someone else would do it. Um, that's why I watch YouTube videos instead of talking about it myself, because even though I'm a fan of Marvel, I'm not that fan where I dive into comic books to do my research. Heck, I am currently reading a comic book series created by Marvel um, called Heroes Reborn, and I find- I like what-if stories. I do, because like, you know, it doesn't ruin anything for you, it, it just creates an alternate universe where, um, this blah 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 can happen or blah 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 can happen and i like what if stories i do because you get to explore possibilities without ruining canon continuity and it's just fun um i just find alternate universes fun um yeah context is important but it, y you know with what if it's a show that you can come in blindly um like you don't have to like watch all the marvel movies that came before it you don't you don't have to uh it would you know it's like good to know about the movies but you can come in blindly i did with the first three episodes i didn't watch captain america the first avenger i think that's the movie's called i didn't watch guardians of the i didn't watch guardians of the Guardians of the Galaxy, I did not watch that movie, and I didn't watch The Avengers 2012 because, A, I don't want to, B, <laughs> I just never really had an interest for them back then, I didn't, and also my childhood, it was just not out of, I never really, I did not have any exposure to superhero movies, and even though I have a Disney Plus account, I don't want to bother watching those movies, I don't. I'd rather watch YouTube videos on them because that's always more entertaining than just watching a movie. Unless if it's a movie that I've seen in theaters already. I'm weird. I know. Will you judge me? I really do hope not. Um, but yeah, Doctor Strange, I had a fun time with episode 4. And I like, again, what if. I'm excited to where it's gonna go. Uh, I'm excited for episode 5. Yeah, I'm excited for next week. Um, I guess there's really nothing more to say about it other than the fact that, again, I like what-if stories because it's just so interesting and my brain likey. Anyway, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode of the Lone Wolf Podcast. If you did like it, please share it to the people who might be interested in it. I, I, I don't know. Um, give it a review rating. If you're on Apple Podcasts or if you're on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Anchor, Castbox, whatever it is, please go share it out to people who might be, who you know might be interested in what I talk about and all that. You know, please share the podcast around. I greatly appreciate it. I um I also uh found out that I have. It's on Amazon. This podcast is on Amazon now. So if you're, if you have an Amazon account, maybe you'll want to listen to this podcast on Amazon. It will be in the link to read down below. So um, it it should say listen to this podcast on Amazon. Click on it. You know, if you click on the Amazon link, you will, it will lead to Amazon, and um, you can listen to my podcast on Amazon. Did I mention this podcast is on Amazon? Please listen to this on Amazon. 
I like seeing analytics, and I don't like seeing the same thing over and over again for my analytics. So, please and thank you. Um, if you want to follow me on social media, you guys can do so at the Lone Wolf Pod on both Instagram and Twitter. I tweet out updates on my life, podcasting, all the fun, goods and glory. Um, you know all the all the good stuff. Um, my business email is down below if you want to reach me at Lone. That's not it. <laughs> at wolfthelone ID at gmail.com. Business inquiries, please. Um, I have two podcasts in the link tree description down below. The Lone Wolf Dormitory, where I talk about random stuff for no apparent reason in terms of Twisted Wonderland, Disney, anime, all that from Guts and Glory. Actually, part six of Twisted Wonderland has came out, and I'm probably gonna do some bonus episodes over there. So stay tuned for that. I haven't played the game. I have not played the game yet in a while because um, life. So there's that to consider. And of course, uh, Critical Yu-Gi-Oh, where I talk about the Yu-Gi-Oh anime franchise as a whole. Yeah, I know it's been a while. I just been really busy with school, and um, just trying not to panic over life. Um, but expect an episode on the on Critical Yu-Gi-Oh, hopefully anytime soon. Um, that's if I have enough motivation to watch the episodes. So, um, please be patient with me. But, yeah, I might post an episode on the Lone Wolf Dormitory or Critical Critical Yu-Gi-Oh! It really, really depends. Um, if you want to support me, as in, please donate money to me. I know it's, yeah, yeah, it's like Patreon, but I don't have perks, um, because I'm literally no one special. Um, but if you want to donate money, all you have to do is go to the link down below in this episode, click on link, um, support listener, all that, you should click on it, it'll lead you to donating a dollar, five dollars, or ten dollars, it really doesn't matter to me how much money you donate, I don't care, I just need money right now because I said it before, I'm a college student, and I need the money to be financially stable and also, I want to do more stuff with the podcast, and I need money to do that. If I want to kickstart having a conversation where I talk to fictional characters every single week, I need money for that. So, you know, I can hire the actors and convince them that, hey, this is actually not a bad idea, and hopefully it goes well. You know, just, just to, to throw it out there. Anyway, um, so yeah, please go... And support me on listener support. That would be greatly, greatly appreciated. Um, so that I can achieve my dreams in talking to fictional characters every single week. Because I'm sorry, but I just want to have a conversation with Wanda Maximoff. And, you know, her journey so far in, in the MCU. And just talk about stuff. And maybe I don't want to bring her to trauma or all that or I want to talk to Doctor Strange and talk about his journey or Peter Parker and find out how awkward he is in actually real life something along the lines of that and you know um with that show I am not sticking to only Marvel I am open to other characters too uh just make sure that um they're okay with me doing these they're okay with me making a podcast of it. Anyway, please donate me money. That's all I wanted to say. And uh, with that being said, I will howl at you guys later and stay safe.